The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS NFL Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson, the Brinsonator, and Brady Quinn, as always. Keep it locked with us all week long for your NFL offseason coverage. But especially this week, draft week, we've got shows Monday through Friday, including after night one of the draft on Thursday night, you get to see Will Brinson after midnight. Always exciting, mm. always interesting. Dangerous. You don't know what you're going to get. If you like watching us, show us some love, the like, or comment. Even better, subscribe to our YouTube page if you're listening to audio only. Download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. Uh, but but just two quick points here. One, based on Brady's laughter, I think we may have to put the kibosh on that nickname. I can't have Brady. Uh, I like the, it. The, the, but the beauty of being the beauty of being Brinson is like I'm the only Brinson. Like that's just the nickname. Because like my 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 brother Charlie Brinson calls me Brinson sometimes, which is just weird. But I'll take it and go with it. And then two, uh, the one thing I can promise you after midnight is that there will be a gigantic glass of red wine. In my hand. <laughs> He's a red wine guy, folks. Don't let him fool you with those toughies. He likes wine better. Love the Vina. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm very. I'm Definitely not drinking any red wine right now. <laughs> Definitely not. That would never happen. You went for a run today, Brinson, and a shower. A lot going on in the the Brinson big day in the Brinson household. Two steps in the right direction for you, Brinson. <laughs> see, 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 it's right there. The Brinsonator. It is. It is odd how um a lot of people. It's like. Um, the older I get, the more wills I get. Though, like Brady, you call me Will most of the time. Oh, I thought you meant like. Never mind. Like more Will, like Wills. <laughs> I'm like, oh, a lot of people dying around these passing along Wills to Will. Oh, no. I um, am a former notary. <laughs> that is true. That is true. All right. Well, uh, Aaron Rodgers, guys. Aaron Rodgers, the New York Jets. Brady and I missed the emergency pod yesterday. Um, but Brady, just initial reactions to this. How how do you feel? Do you think it was a a profitable trade for both the Jets and Green Bay? They got a lot of picks. 
I'm glad they got this done before the 2023 draft, uh, in part because now Green Bay's got a little extra ammunition to help out Jordan Love. Uh, he Clearly, he's not going to be the same player as Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre was at this point in time for the Packers. And, and I think the, the Packers fan base really should look back on the past three decades and realize you've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks playing at pretty much a Hall of Fame level the entire time. How lucky are you? Um, if it happens a third time, so be it. But it's very rare that that happens. So I'm just glad that they got the ammunition they needed in order to help provide Jordan Love the help that I think he may need in his first year as, as the full-time starter. Um, but let's be real. This is pretty much about two second-round picks and one next year that can become a first-round pick. Other than that, the icing on the cake is the swap in the first and seventh round, uh, which makes the deal a little bit sweeter. But I'm glad we got it done. Finally, we don't have to keep talking about this anymore. That's the biggest thing in my mind. Yeah, I was kind of annoyed at the idea of having to like do an emergency podcast in the middle of June. It was like, oh, Rogers is finally traded. It's like, well, I mean, we knew he was getting traded. It was always going to get done. Um, and I think it was important, too, for the Jets to, you know, bang this thing out before the draft, man. Like, you know, like and the Packers as well. You know, you're getting that 13-15 swap. That's fairly negligible. It's just two spots. But it still feels like a sticking – if I'm in the Jets, I'm like, nah, that, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm too spiteful. That's That's it. No, we're not. It's like, it's like you're not going to get Rodgers. You're going to go to the season with Zach Wilson based on holding up this deal between 13 and 15. I'd be like, yeah, that's right. I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> but like, that's that's one of those things that you couldn't be, you wouldn't be able to do after the draft because you couldn't say we're swapping 2024 first because you don't know where your team's going to end up after the season. I mean, I, I view the swaps of the seventh round picks as being the most petty. Like the fifth and the sixth, yeah. Were was the fifth and sixth? Yeah, like they like the Packers got back a fifth and sent a sixth or something like that. It's like really was it what was it one one seventy and two oh seven or something like that? Yeah, yeah, it's like one ninety and one seventy two or something. Yeah, like it's like really like that was if that was a sticky point. That's where I'm like, okay, like yeah, that, the first round one, I'm like, all right, maybe they want to leapfrog New England, and there's a thought that New England's looking at the same guys we are, and we'd like to be the first one at the bar. Sure, sure. Kinda, buy the the nice you know young woman a, a drink or something but the reality is that the, the later round picks like hopefully that wasn't holding this up the whole time I, part of me thinks it's like the nfl on a conspiracy theory that they just wanted to kind of keep this new cycle going mm. and after the, the last was it last year's draft when there was all the news about potentially you know rogers and a trade or something that came out was that two years ago maybe when he decided to come back it was two years ago and it was like during the was it during the there was like a lot of buzz about him, right? Like, oh no, no, it was Adam Schefter got on the on uh, ESPN the morning of the d- the day of the draft and was like, Aaron Rodgers is demanding a trade. It was like, Barrr! and like it was like it was the biggest news of the draft week, and this right. is now the biggest and, news and, of the draft week. And the problem was was it was on that day, I believe, and it, it kind of so people are like, oh, it's taken away from the draft picks and all that. I'm just glad it happened at the beginning of the week. We could yeah. talk about it, move through it. And then move onward as we kind of evaluate what each team's going to do in this year's draft. Hey, where do you, if you had to guess, like, all right, so next year's Packer, um, next year's Jets, uh, first round pick, <laughs> like, let's I'm, say Rodgers plays sixty five percent of the snaps. I'm, I'm, I'm placing a place the over under a twenty four and a half. I think it's a really good number. So we're going to say twenty five. So that value of that would be two hundred thirty points. Um, and then we have what are the let's do the picks again? Just run through it. So we have the number 13 that the Jets are getting, which is 
336. Shout out to, or the Packers are getting, excuse me, shout out to my home area code. Yeah, that's uh, right. The 336. What up? Uh, number 15. Yep, second round, sixth round. 315. All right, where, where are they again? The In the second round? The 42nd, exact 43rd overall. So that's one. No, 42nd overall, excuse me. So that's 142. I'm trying to figure out what how what the value of Aaron Rodgers is in this deal right. relative to the draft pick. I, I what, what, what were you, the fifth in this? What were the fifth? You add that up. You add that up and do all the math. Maybe yeah. they give you that. And and I'll try to just kind of continue to. That'd be great on. if you did that. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be better than the, that'd be better than doing math. I, I thought one of the more interesting things in Brian Gunkoons when he was interviewed after the trade was official and all that. Uh, him quoting and referring to like the eight and nine record last year, how they're just trying to get better and all this stuff. I was like, oh, kind of some parting words. Um, I mean, obviously that's what their record was. I don't know that it was in large part because Aaron Rodgers play, right? I mean, you've, you've got Christian Watson who started to come into his own, but you got rid of Devontae Adams. The offense at times had a hard time finding its flow. They still can't stop the run. There was a, there was a number of issues and it was almost like the way he said it was like, yeah, we're okay. We're ready to move on with Jordan Love. And we were 8-9 last year, so who cares? It's like, dude, he was arguably the, the greatest player, arguably, I say, because there's a number of other Packers you can throw in that conversation, you know, Favre, um, you know, Bart Starr, whoever you want to you start talking about in that vein. But, like, he was arguably the greatest player you've ever had. He, he was there the longest of any player in Green Bay Packer history. And it's like you just figured that if this is the finality of it and it's just kind of like a – throwaway comment I, I still can't like I can understand the frustration maybe from the Packers front office because of some of the things that you know Aaron has said that they probably didn't want to go out and be public or make more of it but there's also the sense of like just take the high road like this dude was an ambassador for your team did everything right pretty much for the most part throughout his career and he's and he's moving on I just it was a little bit odd with the way this thing kind of came to an end it was almost like if anyone's ever driven on empty and like seeing how far you can push it, it was like, all right, here we go. It's this. And that's, that's kind of the end of it. Like you just kind of come to a stop and you just get out of the car and move on with your life. By the way, the, uh, would you like to guess what pick, uh, and I, and that's a great Seinfeld episode too. Um, also, uh, I would say that Rogers has not been shy about being a little petty as well. He's like, you know, I am the greatest player in the franchise history and, Frankly, he, it'd be said, nice. hey, he said arguably, and the only thing he said definitively is that he's been there the longest, which is true. That's not disputable. He's been I'm, I'm with you that the Packers, the Packers and Rodgers are both being petty. And look, this happens a lot. They're both being petty about this separation and how it's going about. The Packers have a bunch of new guys in the front office who didn't draft Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers wants to be treated with the respect that, frankly, I agree with you. I think he deserves based on what he's done for the franchise and how long he's been there. And when you're exiting like that, there should be a big statement that's like, Aaron has done so much for this franchise. He ushered, he won a Super Bowl. He won a, went to a bunch of title games like he's ushered in an entirely new era of Packers football post Brett Favre and we wouldn't be here if it weren't for Aaron Rodgers and he does is one of the greatest like do all of that like do you don't like even the Patriots did it for Tom Brady right. even Belichick acquiesced to Tom Brady was like well, Tom, Tom, Tom was a great player for several years here with the Patriots thank you Tom like that's sure was it could have been better. I, yes. <laughs> I, I think what makes it worse is like the Packers organization, and even though it wasn't the same people, they made the same mistake twice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you you drafted a guy to replace the guy you have. 
and maybe prematurely, you know, maybe that's Brett, what Brett thought about them drafting Aaron Rodgers. That's clearly what Aaron Rodgers thought about them drafting Jordan Love. I don't know if anyone's disputing that given the back-to-back MVPs. So you made that same mistake twice and you really didn't utilize that window. I mean, the irony to this entire swap of the first round pick is going to be if the Packers use it on a wide receiver. If Jackson Smith and Chigba goes when? to the Packers at number 13 overall, that is the final slap in the face. Like on this way out, like of course you now draft a first round pick at wide receiver. It's it's called the Russell Wilson special, baby. They drafted Charles Cross. They're like, hey, Russ. Hey, like, and now we're protecting Gino. Like, of course they're going to get Jordan Love an extra uh, weapon. Okay, so I did the math, and I, I think I'm crazy for this, by the way. But uh, it's the 25th overall pick from the Jets to the Packers next year. That's what we're, we're uh, creating our hypothetical on. We're 230 points, the 13th overall pick, 336. 42nd, 142, and 207 were three points. This is according to the Rich Hill, the modern trade chart. 15th overall worth 315 points and 170 worth eight points. The math that I did, what pick do you think that Aaron Rodgers is valued at for this current year's draft? Based and just don't don't have to do the math, just guess. It's it's obviously a first rounder. Yeah. Is it number 25? Is the number we just said? Number nine. Ooh, oh, nine. Top 10. Ninth overall, essentially, because it becomes worth, he becomes worth uh 388 points. And the number nine overall pick were 387. So I'll go back and look at it on the Jimmy Johnson trade chart just to see if there's a bigger discrepancy. Yeah, I said, that's the only one I have pulled up. I don't have the newest version of that. I feel like, every team has a different one now. Yeah, I feel like it would be really, really bizarre to to give up. To I don't, I don't, I don't feel like they value Aaron Rodgers with a ninth overall pick. Also, Brady, you know, would you assume that given what they gave up for Aaron Rodgers? And the condition attached to next year's pick, would you assume that Aaron Rodgers has said, I will play for at least a year and more? Yeah, I, I don't know that a player would want to, you know, tr- you know, transition like this. Now, obviously, Nathaniel Hackett being there as the OC helps. Alan Lazard being there helps. But it, it's a pretty big undertaking to move to another city, f- you know, find your comfort zone with where you're going to live, how you're going to con- you know, conduct your personal life, how you're going to train and prepare yourself to play at a high level. Um, that's one of the most underrated challenges that I think any player has when they move team to team is like everyone kind of just looks at them as this football player and a guy with their uniform on. But there's so many stresses outside of that that then add up and pile up to make it more difficult. And I just I can't imagine that you just do it for a year and be done with it. Like I think this is a young team. They're a growing budding team. You could make the case that they arguably have some of the best players at their position. I mean, wouldn't you say Sauce Gardner might be one of the top, you know, cornerbacks in the league? Um, I mean, Sauce would be the number one draft pick from like if you redid the draft. Well, but yeah, potentially. Um, but but you know, it, just looking at some of the young Quinn Williams, looking at some of the young talented players they have, you're saying to yourself like the the best years are ahead of this team, especially now they have a quarterback. So. Um, I, I would think that he'd want to be there at least for a couple of years. And if anything, you know, more than anything else, um, you know, obviously you can't control injury, which I'm not sure. If, I wonder if there's a clause in there for play time, et cetera, et cetera. And how that the condi- well, the condition for the pick is he has to play 65%, which I'm saying sometimes they put in or try to layer in a condition for injury where that wouldn't count. But, um, you know, in this case, probably not the case. So that's out of his hands, but I would imagine that he wants to play, at least two years there, if not more. That which which then brings the light 
what are you doing with Zach Wilson? You know, you already got, don't they have Tim Boyle there on the roster? They brought in as a backup. He clearly knows the system. Uh, Rogers likes him. That makes a lot of sense. I, I know we keep hearing this narrative. I think Charles Robinson wrote a, an article today about how they'd like to groom uh, Zach Wilson into, you know, that next, you know, 2.0 after Rogers is done. It just doesn't make any financial sense. They're, pay, they're paying, I think, fully guaranteed $35 million to Zach Wilson. What do you think he's going to expect when his contract's up? And how do you pick up his fifth-year option if he's not going to play this year? And then he doesn't play the next year, which will be the final year of his rookie deal unless they picked up the fifth-year option. So there's just so many question marks. I, I, I would want a fresh start if I'm Zach Wilson and say, hey, look, I'm glad Aaron Rodgers is here, but like you draft me to play. Clearly, I'm not playing. As much as I'd want to learn behind Aaron Rodgers, I also want a chance to go compete, play elsewhere. I mean, San Francisco seems to be a team that's looking for someone. Maybe you go there and compete with Sam Arnold until Brock Purdy's hurt. Interesting. Will's still adding right now. Yeah, we're still doing math over there. I'm not very good at math. All right. Well, we've we've looked at this previously, but since the the, the deal is now done or almost done, let's take a look at some Jets odds right now. So they're the second favorite to win the AFC East. You got the Bills at plus 135, Jets plus 200. Put them over the Miami Dolphins at plus 320. And then, of course, you got the Patriots at plus 1,000. How how does the how do the Jets stack up now that Aaron Rodgers is there in the AFC East? I, I mean, I, I think they're either the team or right there with Buffalo to beat. Um, you know, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, depending on how fast Aaron Rodgers can get up to speed with the guys he's throwing to, one of which he will, and Alan Lazard, so that he's good there. But Garrett Wilson, et cetera. I mean, who knows what happens with Stefan Diggs? Uh, he didn't show up, what, for the beginning of the offseason program. Uh, maybe there's some discontent there. We don't know. Uh, obviously, they didn't end the season on the best note. Uh, I, I just think if you look at uh, the Buffalo Bills, people might be questioning, like, have they reached their peak at this point? Uh, but I would say those are the top two teams. And then it's, you know, question marks with two and his health in Miami. And obviously, New England, at least looking at the roster, you'd have to say is, is the bottom of the division right now. I mean, New England's 10 to 1 to win the AFC East. What a world. Like, with the longest <laughs> odds. I mean, it's right. crazy. Uh, the Jets, we said two to one, and then uh, to me, I would say this. I, I mean, I just, I mean, I don't, I disagree with Brady in the sense that I think the Bills are exceptional value right now. This reminds me a lot of the Chiefs last year when everybody got really hyped up about the Broncos trading for Ross and the Chargers and the, and the Raiders are making big splashy moves. And the Chiefs dumped Tyree Kill and then. Plus 135, you get plus 160 on the Chiefs to win the AFC West and they cruise to it. I'm not saying the Jets can't win the division. They absolutely can. If I'm getting Buffalo at plus money, I think they're a better overall team with a lot more cohesion. Um, that being said, look, if Aaron Rodgers, the one thing that concerns me about the Jets that never concern me about the Broncos is that, you know, Russ was banged up and maybe just washed up. And Rodgers, who has looked washed up in the past five years, got so pissed off. When the Packers drafted Jordan Love, that he ripped off back-to-back MVPs, and basically was like "f you, Green Bay," and like while playing for Green Bay. So, what is his spite level going to be to "f you, Green Bay" while not playing for Green Bay? I feel like it's going to be fairly high, and he's going to play really well next year. I, I would almost guarantee they add an offensive lineman at fifteen. Uh, is it Broderick Jones? Is it Jones? Broderick? Yeah, out of Georgia. Out of Georgia, yeah. Like he's a guy that I think you you could look at there at fifteen. And if they add an offensive lineman and they and they and they beef up the depth there, you've got the weapons. 
You've got Rodgers with a playbook that he's going to know because of Nathaniel Hackett. We can make fun of the the Denver experiment with Hackett all we want, but that's a you know the guy was the offensive coordinator when Rodgers won two, those two MVPs, the last two. So the spite factor is the only thing that scares me. I was saying yesterday or the emergency podcast, if I were betting it, what I would do is bet the Bills to win the division. And then I would bet the Jets to make the playoffs at minus 150, which you can also find on Caesars. And so, in other words, you bet maybe like two units on the Jets to make the playoffs, one on the Bills. And if the Jets do win the division, you'll have like a small profit. If the Bills win the division and the Jets still make the playoffs as a wild card, you hit both. And, and of course, there's the fairly unlikely scenario where the Dolphins and Tua or the Pats and Mac rise up. I don't know. Well, I like what you're saying, but I would probably wait to bet the Jets to win the division until a few games into the season. Because if you look at the last two years, Aaron Rodgers has started a little bit slow. He is going to a new system, new receivers, all of that. I wouldn't it's be not a new system, though. It's the same system he had in Green Bay. Well, but it's new. I mean, yes, Nathaniel Hackett's there, but he's still, you know, Robert Sala, different team. There's a lot of new things he has to learn. I think that they could go down a couple games at the beginning of the season, and then you get better odds later on them either to you, win. You also also need to see the schedule too. I think I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just like That's, so think about this. They play the AFC West. Like like here's where you parlay it. All right, I think no. if you, you if you make the bet for them to play, to make the playoffs, which is fine at minus one fifty. Which by the way. I would actually look at the Bills' odds of making the playoffs, too, if you really want to get into your tactic of what you're looking at, Will. Why don't you go find that number for me? But I would rather parlay using your logic, Will. Uh, go ahead and take the over of 9.5, which I think is their win-loss total. Yep. Minus 125, and, yep. And, and then parlay that along with them making the playoffs, which I think you'd say 10, 10 wins probably gets you in at that point. They play the NFC South. I would think that they get three wins there. You know, maybe they are able to beat the Saints, which is going to be the most competitive team in that division. They play the AFC West. That's tough, but I'm willing to give them at least one, maybe two wins there. And I think if they go 500 in their division, what's that, eight wins? I mean, so we're, we're talking about being kind of right there on the door of being able to hit that over, which I think is they're very capable of doing. Here's why I'm more bullish on the Jets. If you go back and look at the Jets, who are a seven-win team, with a really difficult schedule, the first nine games of the season, and they were honestly winning despite the quarterback play. What you have working to your advantage is a really good defense, especially when healthy. Uh, an offense that, when the offensive line is healthy and when Brees Hall's back there, they can run the football. That's only going to get better with the addition of Aaron Rodgers. They're going to see less of loaded boxes. Last year, go back and watch the games. They were like, yeah, let's see if Zach Wilson and Mike White and Joe Flacco, anyone else can beat us. We'll load up the box to stop the run until one of these guys can figure out a way of making it work. Versus Rodgers, they're going to have way more favorable boxes. Teams are going to be scared of trying to bring pressure against them because they know he can dice them up. It's going to change the dynamics in every single way. It's going to help the defense. It's going to help the rushing attack as well. I'm much more bullish on really how balanced this team can be moving forward. Whereas if you look at the Buffalo Bills, what's changed? They don't consistently want to run the football or run the football well. They got bullied on both sides of the football versus the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs. And I'll remind you, the Bengals were playing with backup offensive linemen. So there's there's concerns that I have in a big way of what that team is going to look like coming out this year. I still think I'd give them the edge of at least being tied for the top, if not the top of the division. But I could see that maybe people feel like they've hit a ceiling at this point in time. And they've got to kind of reinvent themselves of how they want to go about trying to win this division. 
I'm not disagreeing with anything that either of you are saying. I'm just saying at that minus 150, it might behoove you to wait how the season goes in the first couple of games because you'll get a better price later if they happen to fall the first couple of games, which yeah. I actually think is likely. Well, but again, like I, I think you just have to see what the schedule is too. Like, you know, right. they could they could draw. And as Breach noted yesterday, they're going to get five primetime games. Like they're going to get the absolute max number of primetime games. So, which, which is funny you bring that up, right? Because that's one of the fastest ways to figure out how the NFL feels about you. Like when you're a player and yeah. you schedule and you see like how many prime, now sometimes you're a smaller market. Yeah. It is what it is. But you're like, if you think about it, okay, they're probably, they're definitely gonna be prime time versus Kansas city. Cause they play them this year. Yeah. Maybe the charge is probably not, not Las Vegas. Um, and, and most likely not, uh, who's in the team division, uh, Denver, maybe probably not Denver, uh, NFC South, probably not, <laughs> Uh, but within their division, I would say definitely the Bills. One of those for sure is going to be on um, prime time. Maybe even Miami in that mix. And a, pa- a Pats a Pats Jets game will be Rodgers versus Belichick. They'll they'll put it in prime time. They won't care. Well, they also going to play Dallas. That's for sure. For Knock sure it. in prime time. So Ooh, that might be Thanksgiving, dude. So so what's that four right there? Maybe five. I mean, they're for sure going to have five prime time games. Yes. My question is, how many of the Packers have this year? Ooh. One. <laughs> They've required one Thursday night game for the Packers. Yeah. Uh, that's that's where like you're on that team. You're just like, mm. but Brady, you bring up such a good point because last year when Russell Wilson went to Denver, we were punished with Denver primetime games Brutal. almost the entire season long. Do you think maybe that could be some kind of a curse? Like if all of a sudden the Jets get a bunch of primetime that you worry about it? I mean, oh. we all thought that Russell Wilson was going to be a lot better than he was in Denver. There was a lot of dynamics though that play into that, right? I mean, you're talking about in, in that case, West Coast to West Coast, but you know, Russell had been through a number of systems, you know, Shane Waldron's system going back to his time with Sean McVay, and even back to deeper roots from some of him when he first started his career with New England. I mean, it's nothing like what Nathaniel Hackett's running in their West Coast. So that was a much more difficult transition. You know, he wasn't bringing along a wide receiver with him. You know, Rogers is going to have Alan Lazard there, and that's if they don't sign anyone else that potentially he's close to or maybe once on the roster. I just I, – I, I get the feeling this is going to be a little different as far as the transition. And also you're talking about a guy that uh, has won, what, four MVPs yeah. versus Russell, who I – I mean, has, has he still got a, not got a vote at this point in time? In no, he's career? never – he's never – ironically, the one year in which they expanded the voting to allow five uh, – first through fifth place, Russell Wilson sucked – and did not even like warrant consideration for even like like even top twenty five or fifty MVP uh, candidates. And, and look, like the bottom. I mean, the bottom line is Russ was really bad. Like Rogers has been. Rogers was not as good last year, obviously, as he was the previous two years when he won MVP. But we had this lengthy track record of Aaron Rodgers playing really well. He is older, but Russ was Russ was really bad at the end of his Seattle run, and he was hurt too. That hand injury. We talked about it, Brady, when he came back from that. The initial hand injury, you know, you noted, you were like, look, and because Dak Prescott had the same thing, and we noticed it when Dak came back. Like, it's hard to grip the football. You're changing your mechanics. You are not – you don't trust yourself. All of these things. And then Russ, you know, I think very much in a different way than Aaron Rodgers will handle it in New York, even though Aaron Rodgers will certainly command – you know, he, he has the – the he, not – Russ had carte blanche to do whatever the F he wanted. Like he was like, like he, he was Nathaniel Hackett's giving him three plays and he's deciding which one he's going to call. They're just running this organization like a clown show. I'm not saying the jets are this well, magical, that, brilliant organization, but they won't be letting that happen. I wouldn't think. Well, and that really wasn't what, you know, Russell was doing in Seattle. So again, that's more of a transition as far as what anybody does anywhere. Right. 
Uh, not necessarily. I mean, Rogers will have the ability to do whatever he wants when he's out there. He's playing. I know, but I'm offense. saying like like Hackett would be, call three plays. Russ would hear the three plays and then decide which. Like you could just see it happening. With you, don't, you don't call three plays. Usually, you have different alerts within that. You have a number of plays you can get to or audible to. I'm just saying like, what Peyton Manning said on the broadcast that he. I, I, but what I'm trying to explain to you is you have 40 seconds on a play clock. <laughs> especially in the West Coast offense, <laughs> it's so wordy. There's no chance you're going to get all three plays called. What? You might be able to get two, and then you have an alert to something else. But you're not calling three full play calls. Like, and then they're talking to you sometimes your headset. Until it cuts out of 15. So I'm just saying, like, that's and again, Peyton's different. Peyton, because Peyton, when Peyton walked up, he'd call whatever he wanted. If he wanted to check to something else and he saw like a three man side on an open side, weak side run, he could check to that. But there's not a lot of quarterbacks that are given car blanche like that. I'm not suggesting that I know more about calling plays at the <laughs> NFL level than you do or at any level, really. Uh, however, I would point out that the Broncos did have a substantial number of uh, capabilities early in the season, which may or may not have something to do with that. Anyway, moving well, on. It has to do, again, with the fact that it, when you get a West Coast offense, and that's more of the mechanics of calling plays in a game, like everyone made it a big deal when he went to a wristband. There's nothing wrong with the wristband. It actually expedites the process. Instead of the play caller calling the play and the quarterback calling the play, he's just saying 42. Wristband, wristband 42, flip 42. And all you're doing is looking at the okay, reading it off. So you're only saying it once. It's a much more efficient process. So I, I'm not really sure why it got such a, a negative, uh, I don't know. The Russ went away from the wristband. That was the problem. Um, I thought he didn't have it, and then he did have it. And then I, he might I, have think, I think eventually he went back to the wristband because they had so many delay game penalties, and it was just a huge, you know, the whole thing was an embarrassment. Right. All right, guys, we got to take a quick break here. But before we do, if you haven't checked it out already, make sure you tune in to the CBS Sports Galazzo Network, the first of its kind free 24-7 channel dedicatedly, dedicated exclusively to global soccer coverage. It's now streaming on the CBS Sports app, Pluto TV, and Paramount+. Plus. Get your morning started off on the right foot with Morning Footy, our weekday soccer culture-driven morning show beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern. Plus, don't miss the rest of our top-notch programming, including live matches and re-airs, original studio shows, high highlights, documentaries, and much more. CBS Sports Galazzo Network is the ultimate year-round streaming destination for fans of the beautiful game. This is the Pick 6. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Meanwhile, on Paramount Mountain. Okay, we have the northern face, the southern face, and... The Sylvester Stallone face. Stallone. Of course. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Is that dad? Uh, yeah. No, 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 don't sneeze. Uh, dear God, no. Hold it. Hold it. 
I've never seen that commercial before. Welcome back to the Pick Six Podcast. Katie Mox here with Will Brinson and Brady Quinn. If you're not following us on social, please do at Pick Six Pod across all social media platforms. So there was some buzz this morning on the draft. A bunch of sports books pulled out the top three picks um, and changed the odds. Will Levis going number one based on a Reddit post. I know, Brinson, you had this as your horrible mock draft number one. So, sorry. So, a couple of things on this. One, uh, welcome to 2023, where literally <laughs> every sports book, legal sports book, Caesars, uh, Redacted, Redacted, I mean, whatever I'll say, FanDuel, DraftKings, whoever it is, points bet now has like Will Levis, like plus 350 to go number one overall, something like that. All these legal sports books panicked and moved Will Levis odds based on a smattering of bets that stem strictly from uh, a Reddit user who posted, it, it was like sale approved A348. He said, is it basically like a friend of a friend of a friend knows Will Levis. This is not actually what happened, by the way. This is a spoof that Billy's putting up on the screen, yeah. but we can read it. It's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> it's a fake quote from Will Levis. So don't, don't, it's a, yeah, he's like, yeah, I can explain this. That's my crazy cousin, Ronnie. I told him I was going to first overall because he wagered $5,000 on it after getting drunk at the family function last weekend. Ronnie's a loose cannon. He threw mashed potatoes at grandma one time when he was nine, man. You just never know what Ronnie's going to do. Um, <laughs> essentially, this is what this guy wrote on Reddit. He was basically like, my buddies, he's like, I know, he's like, Will Levis is telling his family members that he's going to go first overall to the Panthers on Thursday night. And the odds came crashing down. People freaked out all morning long. And my favorite part about all this personally, now I'm obviously a narcissist and, and quite selfish, but my favorite part about all this is that my fake troll mock draft did have Will Levis going one first overall. You know who else's mock draft had Will Levis going one overall? Pete Prisco's this is what they should do mock draft. I love the idea that like Pete's favorite idea about what should happen in the draft is also my big like Here's a big troll mock draft that I'm doing just to spite everybody and be a total a-hole. And those two things aligned perfectly. There's a lot there. Uh, it's the draft. Who knows? If you're a betting person, I would wait until the day before, day of, where things calm down and you maybe get a little more of an inclination as to what's going to happen. And hopefully you still catch some value there if you want to make a bet for the number one overall pick. Because at this point, the odds are still heavily in favor of Bryce Young being the number one overall. Bryce Young player. is going first overall still. Yeah. So um, I, I would I would be careful about everything you see and read this week. Uh, you got to decipher through all of it. Uh, but bottom line is no one knows what these teams are going to do. And I don't even know that all these teams know what the other teams are going to do. And that's probably one of the reasons why you see all these things floated out there. And uh, as well, I was talking to Rick Spielman about – in regards to his experience with the Minnesota Vikings, he said, oh, yeah, I looked at people's mock drafts. He goes, the reason is, is he goes, I wanted all of our guys to be prepared for any of the crazy scenarios that a lot of the media members threw out there that we didn't think were possible or that weren't really logical. So all of the, the people who are throwing out these mocks, like a Will Brinson, for example, there are some people maybe looking at him and say, hey, <clears throat> what if this scenario happens? What if our intel is bad? How would we re react in this instance? So... Uh, I don't know. It's gonna be fun. Like Thursday can't get here soon enough, which by the way, just on that note, I hate the fact that it's like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday thing. I, I, I loved like my experience, but also the experience back then when it was just all Saturday, 
all Sunday. You just took the entire weekend and you cast it aside because you're plastered in front of the TV watching each. Oh, each oh, it's a family ball. program. You can't be all drunk in front of the TV. What? You said, plastered. <laughs> you said plastered. Well, I mean, more of like a fixture, right? Like just sitting there watching the TV. Yeah. I'm trolling. I'm trolling. Blasted would have been the better term then. Smashed. You were smashed up in front of the te- television. No, but I, I just, I, I liked that draft process better. I know that's not made for TV and it's not in prime time. So obviously the NFL is never going back, but. No, no. It, it was, it, I always think about the, I remember living in, I was living in Winston-Salem and I remember like somebody was like having a cookout at a house. It was the year Chris Johnson was drafted first overall. And I was like having to cover the draft, but not like really like. Um, you know, like, like I, it wasn't like, it wasn't like this. Like we weren't doing like a, a show or anything like that. You know, maybe a couple articles and everything, but it just, it's like, a, it, like, it was just like, you're just, the first round just happened just right on to the second. Um, and, and, you know, now it is, there's so much emphasis. And I do think it's interesting too, if you, you know, not that the change is different, but like the emphasis that now is put on first round picks is so much greater because of the coverage that comes with the first round, like Thursday night is just the whole first round. And I think you have a lot of casual fans or even like, like big NFL fans who are not going to watch Friday night's draft coverage. You know, they'll check in and, and, and look at a you have a, look, millions watching. Don't get me wrong, but like, I have a lot of friends who are huge sports fans, huge football fans. They're not going to spend their Friday nights watching the NFL draft. They're going to watch the Thursday night. They're going to see the first round. Like the first round is so separated from yeah everything else every other part of the draft and like so like an unnecessary amount of emphasis is put on it like the 32nd overall pick or in this case this year the 31st overall pick is weighted a billion times heavier than the 30 usually 33rd now 32nd this year pick even though we're talking about a one pick difference just because of the first round well that and the fact you get a fifth year option which for some teams especially for quarterbacks is really important for evaluation and team control uh, for that player, for that asset. But to your point, I mean, it, 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 it is essentially what it's become. It's become the greatest reality TV there is. And just having been through it before, that's the, that's the like hard part to describe to people is there's not many people who get to live out their dream of something they do, but then you get to the point where you're choosing how to live that out and you have no choice whatsoever. Like you just are a part of the process and it comes and it goes and you're watching like everyone else trying to figure out where you're going to end up going and where you're you know, playing or continuing your career. So yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I, I wish they kept it the way it was. I understand why they don't, but um, it, it, is, it is going to be fun to see, you know, where a lot of these players' careers continue on in the NFL come Thursday night. But I'll still be watching Friday. I'll still be watching Saturday to see where all of these guys are going to end up being drafted and how they help out the rosters. Brady, I want you to expand on that a little bit more. What is the week like for these prospects, because you got to think you you read the mock drafts, right? You're listening to the news, you're seeing all of this. You got to we're going to honestly about aren't that's like it. that's one no. of the biggest. No, not at all. I mean, like maybe someone else around you is, but as players, you're pretty insulated from all this stuff. And, and I don't want to say you're ignorant to it because you know people will make you aware maybe of what people are saying and what's going on, but <clears throat> you're not spending time searching throughout or looking at it. At least I wasn't. I know a lot of the guys I was training with and preparing for the draft or really to go play in the NFL with weren't really, you know, overly locked in on that. I mean, you know, as a prospect, especially the past couple of months, your days are long. I mean, you're training, you're going through interview training, you're looking at film, you're not only looking at your film, NFL offenses, you're getting treatment, you're working through injuries, you're working on your diet, getting good sleep, all these things. I mean, you really do have blinders on 
like one of those Clydesdales you see at like Central Park that are toting people around. Like you, you're just kind of focused on getting the draft and then getting to that next step in your playing career. So uh, the week of, like for the guys who go, at least this is how it used to be, you're busy. We were on a bus like every morning at 7 a.m. This is back when it was in New York City. And we were going around different events. It could have been a Nike camp. It could have been uh, uh, visiting a hospital and some you know sick kids at a hospital. <clears throat> but it was all sorts of different events within the NFL. You know, going and visiting Roger Goodell. We were his first draft class back there in 2007. Um, and so you'd get done, and then that night you'd have various marketing obligations or parties and things. And there was like sometimes some days were devoted to just that, right? Like you were there on behalf of Sprint. You're there on behalf of EAS. You're there on behalf of whatever Xbox, whatever other sponsorship that I had at that time, that's what you were doing like for an entire day. No, I'm doing. Yeah. You're calling whoever <laughs> saying, no, I'm done. like literally like you were doing that for hours and, and then you get done, you know, done at some point in the day, you go work out and you try to get a good dinner and you're going back to sleep. So I got a hover during that whole stretch. Right. Like, I mean, at some point, right. It, yeah. Like that, that was, part, that was another deal we had. So there's, there's a lot of stuff going on for some of the top prospects. I don't know how it's changed in that regard now that it's it's a little more remote and you're going to Kansas City this year or wherever else in the future. But uh, that was essentially what it was like. It's a busy week. And so you can't pay attention to everything that's said because there's so much stuff out there. And especially nowadays with social media, there's just almost too much stuff out there. Uh, I, I would just like to point out that I'm glad I was not a uh, full-blown, full-time NFL sports writer and like tweeter and that we didn't have Twitter in two, uh, Twitter like we, like we know it now in 2007 because like when Brady and I started working together and I was like oh like Brady and I like, we're buddies you know I was like oh crap I gotta Google and make sure I didn't say anything bad about Brady <laughs> like thank God CBS like if, if you Google Breach you can find some stuff that Breach said where he called him like like I don't think he called you like a d bag but he definitely called you like a couple of names that like inappropriate I however I only that's just that. jealousy that's just jealousy right. Breach was born a very small insignificant man and. <laughs> And I can say that now because I live with him. So I get it. Like when you're like him, you're like a little chihuahua that wants to bark and make some noise because you feel like no one's listening to you. And that's why he writes these very tantalizing headlines to yep. draw you in. And then you read the article and there's no substance. It's like a tweet that someone said. So, yeah. <laughs> Billy, it's kind of something I got his. Look how stoned Breach looks in his, in his CBS mugshot like there. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, but the point being is like, I am, I never wrote anything bad about you. And if I did, again, just- like I always said this here, here's the thing about this people will get so worried in the media about like doing their job, which sometimes they have to be critical. As long as they don't cross the line, that's, that's kind of a, d- a different point. But you have beat reporters who, you know, you go play a bad game, they might hammer you for their performance and all that. I was never one to, t- to take the approach of saying, oh, all right, I'm going to be a jerk to this guy. Like, that's what he gets paid to do. I didn't play well. I promise you whatever he wrote, it's not as bad as what I'm saying to myself and what I think of how I played. So I, I was never one to take it out. Now, not every player feels that way. <laughs> a lot of times they'll, they'll come at some folks, but yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't say bub. That's the line. You cross that line. Yeah, we're not, we're not bubs, bub. Um, Which is funny because I always was called bub or bubby when I was young. So I, I, whatever I, I like bubby right brister. Now. So it was more of an endearing term to me. I, I side with you on that one. Uh, all right, so us bubs over here are going to take a quick break. You're watching Pick 6, and we'll be right back. Phenomenal! 
This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Brady Quinn and Will Brinson, the Brinsonator. I'm going to say it every time now. I just actually really like it. Keep along with us all week long to stay up to date on all of your NFL offseason news. And remember to like, comment, and subscribe to the YouTube page. All right. This is my favorite part of today. We are going to rank some of the top Mm. craft suits and fits over the years. Billy and I have worked together on this. We've compiled some images. So, Billy, give us the first one. We will rank this. One to ten. How do we feel? Ooh. Oh, I like that. Yes. Sean's got style. Yes. The white pinstripe is nice. Yeah. Well, even like the button set. I don't know what you call that. I'm not a fashion guy, but like the, that's a good look. That, that was like before it's time. Like now that's that now that's like kind of coming back. I'm not sure about the um, you know, the the shirt underneath, like the tight with like not much room for the tie. It's 1996. 1996. It's yeah. clean. Keyshawn, he was ahead of his time, man. I give him, I give him a, a nine point two. Okay. The um, I want to try and say this before the recycling truck dumps my like. It makes a lot of. It's probably my. I'm sure it's my neighbors. If you hear a bunch of glass clattering into the uh, into the, into the thing, no, like the the one thing you don't see with this Keyshawn thing that I think is worth noting is, and you can you can kind of think about this from a, a golf standpoint. Like this is 1996. Do you remember look at what like Chris DeMarco in the late 90s and early 2000s? He's wearing like he's basically wearing like suit pants on the golf course because that was like the closest thing to athletic wear, like light athletic wear that we could have. Um, like when you think about the kind of pants that Keyshawn has with this suit, they are not they are not like tailored and slim fit. They are like it's like the baggy, like that's just what you had. Pleats, baggy, very terrible look in the late 90s with the, the big panted suit and the like the dress pants style, even with the khakis. I like it better now that we have a little more tapered leg. All right, we'll rank, rank. You like the European cut, is what you're saying. Right? I like to I like to show off my calves. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like I got I got great calves. I like to flash them. All right. That's that's side so, note. Um, you also just aired out your neighbors for being luscious because apparently they're just pounding wine and other alcoholic beverages that are yeah, glass. So yeah, it's, there's it's, that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that old lady, man, she is. Um, right. Give him uh, yeah. a rank, guys. Give him a rank. One uh, I'll give Keyshawn a, a 7.5 here. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to go with 7.6 just to be a tenth above Will. Don't price this yeah, right here. That much better. Let's get our second one, Billy. Price is right at me. Unbelievable. Oh. Or, yep. Oh. Zeke. No. I can't with the crop top. The crop top is. Terrible. Is that rolled up or is that like literally. 
I think I think it's rolled up. I think it's rolled up. So this is what year was Zeke drafted? 2013, right? Yeah. 16. 16. If it's just a normal shirt and the bow tie and the suit, I'm in. Yeah. I'm with you. That the whole crop. Although I will say this. It did used to be badass. That's not. That's not very. Really, nice. zoom out, buddy. What are you yeah. doing here? We want no part of that. that <laughs> um, it did used to be the cool look, though, for running backs when they had that that jersey tucked up like that, it and then they had the tailplate out the back. Do you remember that, Will? Yeah. Back in the, I mean, Eddie George as an Ohio State running back to me, like growing up watching him, that's who I remember because he was freaking shredded, and then you, he was like. It was it was cropped off. He had the little the little uh, light like almost tailplate coming out the back, and it just looked badass. But it doesn't look quite as good in a well, suit. I agreed. It does not look as good in a suit. You can also see where the dress shirt, which has been custom fitted, has been rolled up at this yeah. point, and, and and the buttons are, are are stretching there at the top. Now, however, if we think about Zeke Elliott at both Ohio State and with the Cowboys, this was his look. This has always been his look. Like, that's how he rocked it at Ohio State. And so there's a little bit of uh, one. I'm going to give him a little bit of – I agree with you. I don't like the look myself, but I will give him credit for the fact that it is brand conscious. Mm-hmm. And then, two, he had the, the 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 buttons done on the jacket so you couldn't see it. So it was actually a reveal, ha-ha, surprise, look, I'm showing off my abs, and then buttons back. So it's not like he's walking around showing the abs the entire time at the draft. It's just sort of a, a little flash. Oh, that's cool. So – I actually give you a higher than you expect. I'm going to say a 6.9 for zero. Okay. okay. Wow. I'm going to go like a 3.5. I, I cannot with men wearing crop tops. I can't. I can't. I'm, w- I'm with you on that. Although, like I said, I like this suit. Like outside, it just if it didn't roll it up. So, like on that basis alone, the bow tie, it takes a lot for a guy. I think nowadays you got to be very convicted and strong and your sense of yourself and your you know confidence in wearing that. So I'm going to give him a seven. I'm going to go once again, just, just a little bit above Will on this one. <laughs> All right, Billy, our next one, please. Ah, oh, yeah. Marv, this is a legendary photo. I mean, I'm out on this one. Sorry. I'm not a George yeah, guy. This is a, this is a, this is a friggin' redneck at his house and wherever the hell he's from Hattiesburg finding out, look at the, Okay. <laughs> the biggest giveaway of this, the fact that this is uh, whenever, it, what, what year was it? 90, no, God, ni- uh, 91. There you go. So 1991, the biggest giveaway that this is a redneck gathering, and I can say that as someone from the South, mm. isn't the 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 d- disgustingly Bama bangs underneath the game day <laughs> USM hat that he's rocking. No, it's not that chain. It's not the Dockers white uh, shirt with wow. the pocket on the front, no, it's not the jean shorts which have roll, been rolled up a degree to make them higher or are cuffed, which would be even worse with no belt, mind you. No, it's not that. It's in the back. The family has gotten it's not tied. It's like graffiti. It's look at these. They got custom NFL draft day t-shirts. Where Brett's going in the draft. And the best part is he didn't go that day. He went the next day because he was a second round pick. So those shirts are terribly outdated. Um, that's like something you would get at Myrtle Beach. Pure late eighties, early nineties, redneck. Like like I would give any amount of money to be able to see whatever is on Brett's little pin board back there because I bet there's some. 
some fun stuff and then some weird stuff back there. I'm just impressed by the fact that he's talking on a wireless phone. Did they have those in 91? Like, I thought for sure you'd have one of those 20-foot-long, you know, cords to be attached to something. Or like he, or like he, he brought one of those, the bag carpet things in, yeah. and he's, like, talking on that thing. Yeah. No, they didn't have that in, in Mississippi at that point in time. I can tell you that much. So, yeah, well. That, yeah, well, next one, uh, I give him a, uh, I give him a, a 3.1 for that fit. I mean, it's on, you know, it's just at home chilling on brand though. It's on brand for who he is, who they were. Yeah. Uh, I actually like the fact that those were probably not printed t-shirts in the background though. Everyone did that probably by sprayed, hand sprayed them on. Yes. Well, sprayed them on, took time to do that. So I'm gonna give them credit for that. And I like the fact that Brett was, you know, before his time, he had a apparently a cordless <laughs> landline yeah. phone. So I'm gonna give him a five. I'm gonna give him a five point oh. Okay, all right, that's fine. Yeah, three five is probably more fair. Yeah, I'm giving him a five as well. I just like the IDGAF, you know, uh, attitude there. Okay, Billy, got a couple more. Hold over ball game too if you're not at the draft and you're watching from home. You can carry comfort's gotta take over. For instance, watching and now two years earlier, these these guys aren't from the same place, by the way. Deion Sanders. And 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 Brett Favre. This is two years earlier. Uh, Deion Sanders with Andrea Kramer, who, uh, if you weren't sure it was 1989, her haircut will tell you. Um, Dion decked out and just coated in gold, incredible sunglasses, has just been picked. Uh, you know, by uh, this is when he was picked by the Falcons, right? Yeah, he was picked by the Falcons. I think seventh overall, fifth overall, something like that. And uh, look, prime time's got. It's actually a really, uh, it's the, he, I don't know that I assume it's his parents' living room. He doesn't necessarily like his vibe doesn't fit with the low key, like, uh, where, like Florida, wherever he is a uh, vibe that's going on there. But I give Dion, I give Dion a 9.9 out of 10. Cause he is, looks incredible. It's a 10 for me, man. It's, it's on brand. It's, it's comfortable, which I think you didn't have to wait long to get drafted, but it is comfortable. That's part of it. Uh, it's stylish. Uh, I, I just, I loved everything about it. It was like very on brand for who he is, who he was at that point in time. And uh, I think it's, I think it's pretty legit. So I would say that's, that's my favorite one so far. If I could have wore what a track suit or whatever you want to, you want to describe that as I would have gladly worn that draft. They'd be much more comfortable. All right, Billy, let's see what our Brady Quinn wore on his. Yes. Draft. 2007 Brady Quinn at the draft. The suits were bigger than I know. Like they're gonna look like we were wearing basically trash bags as far as how baggy they were. It wasn't. It wasn't my by choice. You know, people would make them for you, and this is like. Is. Oh, yeah. look at that little baby! Look at your bang! Look at not your bangs. Excuse me, your sideburns are like. So here's what people don't know about the long hair. And this is what, like, again, I wasn't going to throw like Joe Theismann under the bus for this, but I used to cut, I used to grow my hair out and cut it off and, and you could do that. You could donate it, you know, for kids who need it for wigs. So when I got to Cleveland, did Joe Joe Theismann dog your hair? Well, yeah, I think he thought it probably didn't look as, as uh, well. Yeah, whatever. But um, I was going out to donate it. So I I did it for a program uh, in Cleveland. that was called wigs for kids. I used to do it with Oz, uh, who was my barber back home, good good buddy. Um, and so he would he would cut it off. We'd send it in. So um, that was why the hair was long. The suit was the suit. Um, you thought you were going to the Browns? You wore no, a Browns you know, suit. I, I swear to you, it's funny. I that had nothing to do with it. And that was the it was a three piece suit, which I liked. I thought that was cool. Oh my god! And, does that tie have the little the little? Well, first uh, of all, you're matching your team. 
I mean, you got to get some credit for you that. You get some credit right? for that. But, but now here, this is very like 2007 or just mid 2000s. Uh, the tie that's going on there. Do you see the little? It looks like a. It looks like a. Zoom in on the tie. It's By the way, crazy. shout out, shout out to Brady Quinn supporting Virginia Tech. The shooting had just happened there with the VT logo there. Uh, Brady, wow. a, a philanthropic guy, of course, uh, to his core. But do you see the little things? They look like commas. That's like the ultimate lawyer tie. And you can see with the way that this has been adjusted where Brady's jammed the collar into the suit here a little bit and the, the tie isn't exactly oh, flush. We talked he, about this. We, I, we was eating Chipotle about 30 seconds before this photo was taken. That's right. That's I was right. ripped off of Roger Goodell's couch in his screen room and I was thrusted on stage. And I was like, someone throw me some gum. And awful. Now, here's, here's my favorite thing about the, the whole photo, though. It's only because, like, someone who, like, I understand – you know, you're, you're, you're coming out of college, 2007, like a, a guy in Brady's situation that that brim can't be flat. That brim has got to be curled. It's got to be curled. And Brady's in such a panic that you can see where it's like, it's mashed the wrong way that he squeezed it too tight on one side. And so that, the, the, like, you if know, you the, didn't, brim, you never... the brim of that cap took all of the frustration out from waiting for so long. <laughs> As soon as it was given to me, I probably bent that thing like it was yeah, some sort of piece of iron at that point. Um, I, I honestly, in this photo, I was probably trying to hold back some emotions. I'm sure. Um, just because, you know, when Cleveland had passed, like, and again, I've told this story before. I was talking with Baltimore that entire pick until the final minute when, when Cleveland called him to take me at 22 instead of Baltimore trading to take me at 23. I'll, I'll just, I'll never forget, like, the whirlwind of emotions that goes along with that, where you're kind of, picturing your life you know what it's going to be like to play for baltimore what it's going to be like to, to be there um and then next thing you know a team that you didn't think was possible because they already passed took someone else at three comes to get you it happens to be a team you grew up you know cheering for or rooting for it's one of the coolest things in the world you know i wish everyone could experience uh, something like that in their lifetime um and so it was hard to hold back emotions but again like there was it was also like one of those things where like hey this is it it's like Oh crap! Someone threw my jacket. Let me get my tie put back on. And they're like, and they're like, all right, we gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. Like you've been sitting here a while. Like you gotta get out of here. It's kind of like when you get late checkout at four p.m. Oh. and then like the cleaning people come at like four oh one. They're like, all right, are you are you done packing up? You're like, oh, I just gotta get a few more things. Sorry, my kids are just trying to. All right, it's four oh three. Are you, are you guys, like, sir? Are you so your checkout was at four o'clock. You're like, yeah, I'm aware. I just assumed you'd show up at like five thirty and yeah. deal with my crap, and I could leave the mimosas in the sink and all my children's stuff everywhere. And now you're 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 in here. Like I gotta get out at four o'clock. Um, I also think too that like the the two thousand. I'm trying to think. Two thousand six was if there's so like Rogers in two thousand five, and then you in two thousand seven. There was this period of time. Where, you know, I mean, I would not even rightly or wrongly, just probably wrongly, if there was any kind of like drop whatsoever from where we thought a quarterback, a quarterback in particular might go in the draft, like, but like it, it was ESPN and NFL Network, they've, they've really shied away from it, I think, more now than like, like, they, like, it would, it would, like in, in that time period, it was like the only thing that anyone was talking about. Like yeah. I remember the Rogers when Rogers dropped and he dropped to twenty four. You went to twenty two. You're watching the draft. And they're like, it's not so and so has been picked. It's like this. It's like will this team take Aaron Rodgers? And it's just like that's the only talking point. It becomes just this bizarre microscope. Well, first of all, we have to rank Brady. Oh, we can't just skip over. Oh this. gosh, yeah. I mean that I'm was giving, again. I'm giving Brady an eight point nine. It's the oh, color formation. That's, for a, me. that's a courtesy. That's a that's yeah. a. 
that's a I'm giving Brady a <laughs> that is such a I'll give myself a four. Oh, it was, no, it wasn't that bad. It was a three-piece suit. It was first off. Even back then, I remember like the suits that I used to wear for like college game days. Like I always, they'd be a little tighter than that. I remember when they gave it to me. I was like, ah, this isn't really my style, but it's nice. And you know, someone, someone, you know, made it for you and gave it to you. So Custom made, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they're, they're nice. So I was like, try to be appreciative. You know, so you wear that suit. I, I, I wore the other suits that I got like earlier that week. So everyone's like, oh no, you thought you were in Cleveland? I was like, no. It was the last suit that I had, and it, and it was it was a three piece suit, which I was like, all right. It went the extra length to give me a, a vest, so you know why not? This looks pretty cool. Well, and I, I can see it too, where you're like, okay, you know, I've got this custom suit. They gave it to me. I, you know, it's not my favorite. Like, I, I, I think I look okay, and it looked fine in it when I put it on. But you're like, you know, you're not. You want to be like, if I'm, I want to be wearing the thing I'm most comfortable in, and know, you know what I mean? Like when I'm, I think if you did it in hindsight, you'd wear one of your other suits. Also, I, I do think there's something to the fact that like you slipped in the draft, dude. If I was 22 and I was like in the draft and I was slipping, that tie is off. And I'm going on stage with no tie. I'm like, somebody get me a bolo. Give me a bolo because I need something around my neck to go up there to hug Goodell. Like I, I would have, I mean. There he is. There you go. I miss those Can days. Can somebody send that to me? I was looking for that the other day. I could not find that to save I, my life. I found it today, so I will send it oh, to you. you. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that we uh, rated Brinson here with the tiny mic, with the Bob Barker. That mic. was the whole point was the Bob Barker mic of that. Actually. I'm not a fan, though, of like the cream with the white. Mm. And, and the, black well, the white dinner jacket? The white dinner jacket's great. It's not great. white. It's more creamed compared well, that's, to the, As you can see, the photo is quite old. I don't have any hair it, on my face. and I look happy. My sense. eyes look happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it, it's hard to look at it it clashes like you, you really could have got like, a whiter jacket that's just that's just not true it doesn't clash um and I, I would say that at this point in my life like i hadn't i don't think i'd hosted i don't think the pick six podcast had started yet your bow ties crooked you've got you've got your pin the bow ties not low. crooked it's the the way the microphone is messing it up that makes you think it's crooked uh, that doesn't even make any sense. Also, I believe I believe that I just got like choke slammed by a professional wrestler at that point. So, I'm just saying I, this might be my lowest score of the day. F I mean, you, dude. That's your, pin, your pin should be higher. It's it's like probably nipple height or whatever that is at that point. Your bow tie is crooked. Your jacket's cream. It needs to be white. I mean, the the best thing you're doing there is you're not corn dogging the mic. Which you know tends to happen sometimes when people the way they grab the mic they're holding it like it's a darn corn dog walking around and you're cleanly shaven and your hair looks about as groomed as it does today so I'll give you some points for that I'll have this I'll give you a four point five I'm giving you half a point better than I gave myself All right, I personally I wouldn't take this level of disrespect I will retroactively since I never graded you give you a four point four okay <laughs> I will give Brinson a she's gonna say six or seven. I, I was Just give me the same grade you gave Brady so we don't have to have this. I was, I was going to say like a 7.8 because Brady does bring up a good point about the cream and the white. That is the only thing. Like, you can't not see it now, Will. It's a white dinner jacket, guys. Color coordination. and I It's a white dinner jacket. It looks cream. I don't know. It looks cream. All right. We got to get out of here. But before we do, let's just share our favorite draft memories. I'll go first. 2020 virtual draft. The Patriots are on the clock. Bill Belichick and his dog Nike is sitting right there. I thought it was one of the most hilarious moments. Yeah, that was a that was an all time. And the fact that they took 
uh, little-known prospect named Kyle Duggar out of Lenore Ryan University, which you would know if you're from North Carolina. At that time, most people probably didn't. It's like Bel- like virtual draft, and Belichick finds a way to make a, a, a like a D two selection of a hybrid defensive back while his dog Nike is in front of the computer. Like you would like, like if, if if any other team did that, we'd be making fun of him. Like the dog actually did make the pick, but with Belichick, it's like he trained the dog to make that pick. Um, Mine for me, uh, non-gambling edition, you know, Trey Lance going to the 49ers was wow. a highly lucrative for yours truly. So that was fun. But I would say, I mean, honestly, my, my favorite NFL draft moment was probably in 2011 when uh, it was my first, first NFL draft for CBS. And they flew us to New York and we covered the draft in Radio City Music Hall. And my, at the time, Carolina Panthers, a team that I actually liked at the time. I don't care about them now. Um, no offense, the Panthers took Cam Newton with the first overall pick, which was just really cool. Like the very first, you know, the very first draft moment that I had working for CBS was watching the Panthers take future franchise uh, superstar Cam Newton uh, with the number one overall pick. So that was, uh, it was kind of cool. Also, I would, I would throw it as an honorable mention when the Seahawks took Russell Wilson, I think like right after the Broncos took Brock Osweiler. And I told Pete Prisco, Russ will be better than Brock. He's like, watch it. Sun Devils rule. Pack rules. Ha, ha, ha. Or something like that. <laughs> oh, my God. That impression. <laughs> that, was, that was a really good impression. Thank he you, probably would you. say something like that. Yeah. But uh, uh, besides the – um, brown, I wear the league crown. <laughs> um, besides my own, which was, you know, it, it took a while to get there. But as I said that day and to this day, I still say, like, I wouldn't have changed anything. Um, it was an unbelievable experience. You know, my family got to meet me in New York for that week, got to experience New York City, which was awesome. Uh, I went to the team I rooted for growing up as a you know a child. And uh, just everything after that, like, you know, it, people don't realize you get thrown on stage. You're like, sh- you know, hugging the con- you know commissioner, shaking his hand. And then you're like whisked off to go to a media pool room. You're like trying to answer a bunch of questions, right? And you're trying to internalize what the hell just happened. And for me, it was different than most where like it was just one phone calls too. It was like, oh, you're going to Baltimore next pick. All right, sweet. How are you guys doing? Good to meet you. They're peppering me with questions. I'm answering the questions. Then I get another phone call. It's like complete whirlwind. But then you're like, you're whisked off. Like we went, we were going right to the airport. My mom, my dad, myself, uh, my at the time, Chopper. We were all like in a plane, then flying to go pick up Joe Thomas to go to Cleveland together. So it was just like a crazy experience, a crazy 24 hour uh, way of experiencing. But that wasn't necessarily my favorite. Because uh, my best man at my wedding, my teammate throughout junior high, high school, since he moved to my hometown, when he got drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals in the seventh round, Chinadu and Dukeway, that was my favorite moment. Because, you know, for me, we had, we had gone to school together. We had grown up together. Like, we had experienced so much together. And to see his dream come true, too, and all the hard work he had put in, we both put in, that was one of the coolest things like for him to be able to have a shot and an opportunity and get to play and, and do it still in the state of Ohio. Like we're both in Ohio, which was, which was pretty cool and pretty neat. So that was, I remember when he got drafted on that Sunday, I was just ecstatic, like couldn't be happier for him and was obviously a a pretty, pretty cool deal. There's, there's honestly like not a whole lot worse than when Brady tells like a heartwarming story or like a, <laughs> cause you're like, Oh my God. Like, yeah. I'm like, the dog was funny. I do yeah. like him. Brady is a good guy after all. Very good. <laughs> well, so, so is and that's why like, if, if you know Chinadu, he's as charismatic as I'll get out. We should have him on this podcast. Cause 
he's the problem is like a lot of the stories probably on his PC, but well, yeah, I was thinking too. It's like you know, you I mean, you fell in the first round and it took a while, but like you knew you were going to be drafted early in the draft, like you were going to be a professional NFL quarterback. For him, it's like he like you have no clue, and then to get called like in the seventh round, like you're like you're. (laughs) It's awesome. And and the other thing that people don't understand is he switched. He was my wide receiver, you know, so he was who I throw to and um, he transitioned to safety. So I remember, I mean, we like lived together our senior year. Um, I remember talking to him about the transition, if it was going to pay off, you know, going to safety and and he had an unbelievable game. I think um, it was Air Force and a couple others. He had some great games, just a knack for always being around the football. And, you know, obviously, you know, once he got drafted, it was like our our dreams come true. Like it's, it's fun to be able to like say like you made it, it's way better when you're able to make it with people that also sacrificed and also worked extremely hard to get there too. And that was the thing, man, like we knew each other in basketball, baseball, football, everything. So there's those moments that'll happen in this draft. And like, those are the things that like, I think are the coolest part about sports. That's how I feel about this podcast every day when we make it. <laughs> I was just going to say, I watched the uh, Kelsey Brothers podcast the other day because Brock Purdy was on, of course. And uh, they were talking about just how cool it is to be able to play with your brother in this league. And you got to think it's probably similar to the Bosa brothers. And I watched when Nick Bosa got drafted, the hug that he had between him and Joey was unlike, it was almost more than the mom and dad. But yeah, when you're both in this hustle and you're both trying to make it and then you know your little brother comes up too, it must just be the coolest moment. It is. It really is. All right. On that note, guys, we are going to get out of here. Thank you so much for joining us today. And make sure that you tune in with us tomorrow a little bit earlier, 11 a.m. for more NFL offseason coverage. Remember, of course, like, comment, subscribe on the YouTube page. And if you're listening to audio only, do the same. Download, follow, leave a five-star review. As many hands as Brinson was just waving at us. And tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. Goodbye. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.